You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Circe Podcast Network. I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs, by which I mean wise sayings a man may live by if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 99, Problems. Today's proverb is unattributed. I'll read it twice. Don't send a boy to do a man's job. Once more, don't send a boy to do a man's job. Who would send a boy to do a man's job? A cheapskate, that's who. A boy's labor is cheaper than a man's labor. A man's time is worth a man's wages, and men want more than boys because men have to feed boys. A boy doesn't have anyone to feed. A boy is taken care of himself. A boy is taken care of by others, rather. Which means a boy just wants pocket money. You know that the money you pay a boy isn't going to food and clothing and shelter. A boy doesn't need money like a man does, and so a boy's time is worth less. A man's time is worth more than a boy's time because the man has more to lose. If a man lets you down, he's out of a job. If a boy lets you down, well, he was only a boy. What did you expect? When he's a man, we'll give him another chance. But a man has more to lose. A man has a family. A man has a hungry family, a hungry wife, and hungry children. 
And that hungry family is a righteous burden to that man. And so he fears to let you down, lest he not get paid and his family go hungry. A boy has no such fears. A boy is working for pocket money. Who would send a boy to do a man's job? A scoundrel. Boys aren't as smart as men. A boy doesn't understand the law as well as a man. And that means that a boy might be willing to break the law for you because he doesn't know any better. If you tell a 16-year-old boy, I'll give you $50 to drive this car across town and drop it off in a Wendy's parking lot, he might take you up on that offer. If you make the same offer to a man, he's going to want to see what's in the trunk first. If you send a man to clean up a mess, he might figure out it's your mess. A boy is less likely to figure that out. Who would send a boy to do a man's job? A fool. Someone who has never seen the job in question done properly. Someone who's been sending a boy to do a man's job for years and doesn't know that the job could be done competently by someone else, by someone with experience. Someone who regards the cost of sending a man as a ludicrous extravagance. I find the particular phrasing of this proverb important, compelling. The proverb is don't send a boy to do a man's job. Not don't ask a boy to do a man's job or don't suggest a boy do a man's job. Sending implies authority. You send people that you have authority over. And so the proverb is spoken to men, not to boys. There's a subtle suggestion in this proverb that maybe you ought to do the job. Don't send a boy to do a man's job. Also kind of implies don't send a boy to do your job. Doesn't have to be a one-to-one -one correlation, but I think that implication is there underneath a few layers. If you're in a position to send anyone, you're a man, which means that you could do the job yourself. If you're sending, you're a man. And it's a man's job we're talking about. So what sort of man doesn't want to do a man's job? The proverb is also, don't have a boy do a man's job. And so the sending implies two different things. I think it implies authority. Don't use your authority to have a boy do a man's job. But that sending, it also implies 
that the job is a little distant from here. It's not close. If you send a boy, you're not going to see him attempt to complete the job. You're tempted to send a boy because you won't have to watch him fail. The boy is going away to do the job, which means that when the boy fails, upon his return, you can simply chew him out. When things go south for the boy out there doing his work, you're not around to say, stop, let me do it. You send a boy to do something no man would be fool enough to do. And then you critique the boy when he comes back. Maybe the boy makes a little progress into this man's job. And you criticize him for not finishing the work. But you've made a little progress and you send another boy a week later. If the boy is doing the work right in front of you, you're responsible for the boy. But if you send the boy away, you have plausible deniability. I didn't know. I didn't know anything was wrong. I thought the boy could handle it. But out of sight, out of mind. Who would send a boy to do a man's job? Somebody who had bad experience with men. Demographics are reliable, but demographics fail you often enough to tempt you. A man is going to do a better job than a boy, but that's a proverbial rule of thumb, not a scientific law. All things being equal, you would take a man over a boy if there was something difficult to be done. And yet we've all paid decent money to send a man to do a job that he completely botched. And when that man botched that job, we have said to ourselves, a boy of 16 could have finished this. Or a boy of 23 could have finished it. If I was the headmaster of a school and I had to choose a new math teacher based on demographics alone, I'm choosing a man over a boy. I'm choosing a married man over a single man. I'm choosing a father of four over a father of one. I'm choosing someone with more to lose, but there's no guarantees. Men let you down just often enough that you can believe there's a cheaper, viable option out there. Maybe I'll get lucky you think. I found that of all the times that I've ever been lucky and thought myself, wow, I'm quite lucky in this. The luck came 
not as the result of me crossing my fingers and hoping I would be lucky, but that luck came out of the blue. And so there's a certain sort of scenario where you enter into it with the odds against you hoping to get lucky. I mean, this is why you buy a lottery ticket. Maybe I'll get lucky. And there are plenty of things that you do um, with this thought beforehand. Well, maybe I'll be lucky. But luck tends to not come to people who say, maybe I'll be lucky this time. It tends to come where it is least expected and least bidden and least depended on. If you go for a walk looking for $20, your odds of finding $20 laying on the ground are very low. Normally you find cash when you don't really need it, when it's not a desperate situation. I'm closing in on a hundred shows. And I think that this proverb, don't send a boy to do a man's job, uh, is related to one of those mother proverbs. And when I say mother proverbs, I mean those proverbs that seem to keep coming up over and over and over again. hundred proverbs as of the next episode hundred different proverbs, and yet so many of them can be traced back to a few um, sort of grand umbrella-like pieces of wisdom under which many specific incarnations sit. And I would say that don't send a boy to do a man's job is rather closely to related, uh, related to one of those great mother proverbs, which is you get what you pay for. And time after time, I would say somewhere between 10 to 20 proverbs that I've done on this show all boil down to you get what you pay for. If you pay for a boy's labor, you're going to get a boy's labor. If you pay for a man's labor, you'll get a man's labor. Now, this is true often enough to live by. But it is not true all the time, and that's what keeps people digging. You get what you pay for, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get way more than you pay for. In my 20s and early 30s, I really enjoyed going to thrift stores. I enjoyed the thrill of looking for things that were being sold for a little and then reselling them for a lot. And there was a passage in my life where I think I was uniquely suited to this sort of labor. And there's a lengthy description of my own exploits buying and reselling books in my first book, How to Be Unlucky. That all ended 
the buying and reselling of books for a high profit ended when I was, I believe, when I was 28. And I spent, after that exploit ended, I wanted to continue it. I wanted to carry on looking for things to buy low and sell high. And so I went to a lot of thrift stores in my late 20s and 30s. And I was looking for anything of value that could be bought and resold. Clothes, books, old records, even jewelry. And I found it thrilling. I think a lot of people find this thrilling. There are enough shows about flipping houses, flipping property, flipping this or that on TV. Um, and so I, I think Americans as a whole are sort of fascinated by the idea of using special knowledge to acquire something of great value at a low cost. And of course, America, one of the reasons why Americans are so fascinated with this is because America is full of so much junk. America's just packed to the gills with stuff, stuff that no one wants. Right? We build little apartment complexes for our stuff. These have proliferated in the last 10 years. We live in homes, but we buy little homes for our stuff, too, when our own homes don't have enough room for our stuff. And our stuff lives in climate-controlled uh, high-rise apartments that are guarded by um, little security guards, and we go and check in on our stuff from time to time and pull some of our stuff out of our stuff's home and bring it to our home. And we trade stuff with the homes of our stuff. America's so full of stuff. And most of it is absolutely worthless. Which is what makes the thrill of finding stuff that's worth something kind of, kind of great. Of all this worthless stuff. Of all the storage bins and storage... Um, I mean, just storage apartment complexes in the world. Maybe there's something of value in one of these things. Maybe we can find a golden needle in this haystack of trash. So I fell for that for a while. And I have to say that if you were to make a ledger... Or if I was to make a ledger where on one side of the ledger was all of the great deals I've ever gotten. And on the other side was all of the great deals I thought I had gotten, but did not pan out to be great deals. I imagine it would all shake out equal, that it would all shake out to you get what you pay for. Every now and again, you strike gold. Somebody has uh, cast off a Roberto Cavalli shirt that you buy for $4 at Goodwill and sell for 80 
But for every time that happens, there's so many things you buy with an anticipation of either reselling them or just enjoying them. And they sit in your closet or they sit in your storage unit for years. I imagine it all works out equal in the end. I would, I would take that bet myself that at, at the end of my life, despite all of the great deals I've found, that I have largely gotten what I've laid down. I've, I've gotten what I've laid down green money for. And it's been a, a basically fair deal. And what's more, if I had not been trying to squeeze a great deal from the world, from this American world full of useless stuff, I think I might even have made out, I would have been more likely to make out like a bandit just in terms of time if I had never been looking for great deals to begin with. Because not only do you have to stack up great deals that you found with all the great deals that you thought you found that ended up not being great deals, you also have to take into account all the time that you spend looking for a great deal. All the crate digging and rack sorting. If you just never look for great deals for your entire life, I bet your life is more pleasant. If you don't even fall for that. There are, I would, I would encourage you to read Tolstoy's How Much Land Does a Man Need? That's a great story about a man who gets the bargain of a lifetime, which comes at a great cost. But this episode is not about, or it's not devoted to, you get what you pay for. It's devoted to don't send a boy to do a man's job. I would like to finish this episode by reading you a poem about sending a boy to do a man's job. This poem is called Horseflies. It is by the poet Robert Wrigley, who was my poetry teacher in college. Horseflies. After the horse went down, the heat came up. And later that week, the smell of its fester yawed. An open mouth of had-been air our local world was licked inside of. And I, the boy who'd volunteered at twilight, shunts of charred cardboard wadded up my nostrils, and a dampened bandana over my nose and mouth, I strode then into the ever-purpler sink of rankness and smut. A sloshful five-gallon bucket of kerosene in my right hand, a smoking railroad fuse in my left. And it came over me then like water, into my head gaps and gum rinds, into the tear ducts and taste buds, and even into the last dark tendrils of my howling, agonized hair that, through the windless half-light, hoped to fly from my very head. And would have, I have no doubt, 
Had not the first splash of kerosene launched a seething skin of flies into the air and on to me, the cloud of them so dense and dark, my mother in the distance saw smoke and believed as she had feared I would that I had set my own fool and staggering self aflame. And therefore she fainted and did not see how the fire kicked the other Billion flies airborne, exactly in the shape of the horse itself, which rose for a brief quivering instant under me, and which for a pulse thump at least I rode. In a livery of iridescence, in a mail of exoskeletal facets, wielding a lance of swimming lace, just as night rode the light and the bones and a sweet cleansing smoke. Ground. Next time, episode 100. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.